The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management shows on the air Sunday, December 29th. Holy cow, you blink and all of a sudden uh, we're sitting on the brink of a brand new year. My name is Danny Clayton. Good morning, Dave Spano, our president and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning, Danny. How are you? Not just the brink of a year, but the brink of a decade. You know, and I'm a guy, I'm a sucker for a New Year's resolution. I'm a sucker for milestones. I like them. Um, I will make goals. They don't always get met, but I, I like it. I like milestones a lot. And when we talk about the last year, and really we talk about the last decade, for a, a, a guy like you that's been doing this a long, long time, you just must shake your head sometimes. Well, you know, where we are, you think about, you know, just for example, the NASDAQ went over 9,000 on Friday, which is just astounding. You know, I remember after the tech crush, you know, where that was. And so, I mean, 2,000. And so it's been a substantial run uh, over the last uh, number of years. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a head shaker for sure. Let's wind the clock back because it was a year ago and it really, it was on Christmas Eve and you guys that were watching the screens, watching the numbers, it was really a tough day for, for a guy like me that is kind of in and out and, and, and sort of looks at the statements and, and watches the news. I knew something rough was happening, but I mean, we started the year not in the hole, but but in a in a tough spot. And and what were what were you? Do you remember what you were thinking oh, in that course. first week of January? Well, of course. Well, in the last week of December, I I remember we were watching the screens, and I just had my arms folded, and I was leaning back in my chair, and I was just shaking my head. And you know, I called uh, Derek Felsky, who's our, our CIO, and I I said, look at this. This just doesn't make sense. Something is not making sense here. And you know, we looked at companies that were trading, you know, companies that are now trading significantly higher. For example, Apple. Apple is up 100% for 2019. And we just went through and said, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't making sense. And we knew the backdrop. There was a lot going on, Danny, for sure. The Federal Reserve... Had, was was raising interest rates. And we always talked about what could dislodge where we were. One of them was a monetary mistake by the Fed. They pivoted on that. I guess, though, with experience and also 2020 hindsight, what do they say? That That's you know, that's the perfect vision. But when that is happening, what was your reaction? What was your you, you said, OK, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But What's going to emerge from something like that? Opportunities, right? Okay, thank you. And so so that's where when you you have a balanced portfolio, and I I know I pound the table on this a lot, but just whatever your number is, 60, 40, 70, 30, 50, 50, whatever it is, that other side, the other number, right, is what it should be in fixed income and in assets that you can go get when the market starts to retract. So if you have a 60, 40 portfolio, and now the 60%, the equity percent is down, you have 
have some places to go and get money when stocks are on sale. Sure, but when you're the guy whose hand is on the till, uh, the tiller rather, um, and better the, than being uh, on a scale, right? And the storm is going, and the phones are ringing. What what was the message to the clients? You know, the cl- clients was that we're going to see our way through because we look at valuations, we look at stocks that are trading that un- under historical norms, and we look at say, are they going to sell more stuff? Are they going to sell more widgets? And if they sell more widgets, will they make more net income from those widget sales, right? Whatever the companies, whatever you want to talk about, from airplane engines to telephones, and say, all right, if they make more money, can we put a reasonable multiple on that? And that's the valuation, and that's what we did. And we thought, you know, at this point, think of where we are with the S&P 500 at 3250. That has been a substantial run, over 30% up in 2019. Do I think that's going to be have a repeat performance in 2020? I do not. However, there was opportunities there. You look at the backdrop that has changed. Recession fears have receded. The inverted yield curve that we were all freaking out about, about that's a harbinger for a, uh, a recession, that has gone away. The trade war between what we signed with the United States-Mexico-Canada uh, deal and, of course, oh, with USMCA, fa- sure, USMCA, sure. and, of course, the phase one of, of China, all of that stuff has receded the fears, and that allowed us an opportunity. Okay, so we emerge into the brand new year, into 2019. I remember hallway conversations when things started to look a little different, and you guys were actually saying, listen, when and if this thing hits 3,000, S&P 500, and sure enough, it did, blasted through it, took most of the year? It, it did take most of the, of the year, but it did rally. If you remember, we had a little side bet, yep. a little gentleman's wager that it would hit 3,000 by, by July 4th, and it did right during that weekend. It got up to 3,000, and of course, we're ending much higher than that. We have a target for 2,020 as well, and we can get into that later in the show about how we got there and why we got there. We put valuations alongside of that, and the fact that it is an election year, and therefore a lot of promises are going to be made, and confidence of the consumer is going Going to continue. We will talk more about 2019. We'll also talk about 2020 and a brand new decade and really got to look at, at this last decade as well because it was a period of long, long recovery. Interesting long, long recovery. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Still to come, the SECURE Act. You've probably have seen this in the news. If you haven't, we're going to get you up to speed. Dave has assembled a team, our estate planning attorney who heads up that department and also some of our members of our financial planning team are looking closely at this. What are the implications. We'll talk about that. Ask Annex is on the way. And again, just a quick reminder, head to AnnexWealth.com, read our story, click that Get Started button. Back in a bit. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management with a simple question. Are you confident when it comes to your investment and retirement plan? If you're like many, you're not sure. 2020 is almost here and the next year is far from certain. It's time to get on the right path and join the team committed to working as a fee-only fiduciary, a team built to help families get the most out of retirement. It's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management will help put your financial plan in place and on track. Click the Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com and start the journey to investment and retirement peace of mind. Our financial planning team checks your investments from top to bottom and presents no-nonsense, impartial recommendations. We're confident that when it comes to investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning, you'll see working with Annex as a trusted, fee-only fiduciary partner is a smart move. 2020 is right around the corner. There is still time. Visit AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, and I hope to see you soon.
Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It is Team Tech Trust, and we are here to talk about the SECURE Act implications for our clients and really anybody. And we've assembled many members of our team here because that's how Annex Wealth Management is built. Eric Strom is a CFP, Certified Financial Planner and a Financial Planning Specialist. Jill Martin heads up our estate planning team. She's an estate planning attorney. And Dave Spano, President and CEO. This is a big thing, and this is going to touch most, if not all, of our clients. Yeah, that's right. So the SECURE Act was passed as part of the spending bill in late 2019. And the reason why it is important to our clients is because there has a lot of major changes. The biggest, Eric, is that it moves the required minimum distribution age from age 70 and a half to age 72. And I always thought 70 and a half was a dumb thing anyways. I'm glad to see that as our clients are living longer, they've pushed that retirement age back, which I think is a good idea. Yes. And uh, just to be clear, if you turned 70 and a half in 2019 or earlier, you are subject to the old rules. So let's say you're already taking required minimum distributions, no changes for you. But anyone who turns 70 and a half in 2020 or beyond, you now do not need to take any required minimum distributions until you are 72. Yeah, which is a big deal. I th- thought that was funny. No soup for you if you're already in it, unfortunately. But it is a revenue hit to the IRS and to the government, right? Because they've moved that withdrawal date back a year and a half. So they had to get some of that revenue back. And one of the major ways they're doing that is they took away the stretch IRA. Can you explain what, what a stretch IRA is? Yes. In the past, the way it worked, let's say you pass away, you own an IRA, and you leave it to your kids. Let's say they inherit $200,000. They could spread out the tax hit from that $200,000 for their entire lifetime. And that's often the responsible thing to do because you're not realizing all those taxes at once in a higher bracket. But those days are over. So anyone who passes away in 2020 or beyond, now IRAs that are inherited by your beneficiaries have to withdraw the entire account within 10 years. It's called the 10-year rule, and it really dramatically changes legacy planning for our clients. And Jill, and that's where you come in, right? I mean, obviously, there's a major change in estate planning because not only was it a contribution and retirement tool, it was also an estate planning tool as well. It's a huge estate planning tool because leaving IRA money to children and to family members, there's still a tax hit there. So as long as we could defer that taxes as long as we could, that was a great opportunity. Now with this 10-year rule, it really accelerates the taxes on those beneficiaries rather than allowing it to spread them over their life. Now again, this is only if you've named a child or a grandchild as a beneficiary. What is the effect if your beneficiary is your spouse? So if your spouse is the primary beneficiary of any of your retirement plans, IRAs, there's no change in the law. So they still have all of the options and the toolkits like we had under old law in terms of spousal rollovers, et cetera, things like that. And there's still some estate planning uh, that can be done out of this. I mean, there's particularly there's some trust planning that, that can be done. I mean, there's still some ideas. Some, if you're charitably inclined, there's some things that you can do. There are, but it's going to be really, really important that if you had any trusts that were being created as part of your estate plan for children, grandchildren, et cetera, and you were going to have your IRA fund those trusts, it's critical that you you check in with your estate planning attorney, even your financial advisor, whoever is is part of your team, you need to review that. It's just like when we had the major estate tax law changes. 
every estate plan needs to be looked at and reviewed. Eric, you know, there was another major benefit, of course, uh, to contributions into IRAs as well with this plan. Yeah, so another change they made was if you have earned income in your 70s, 80s, beyond, you can now make deductible IRA contributions. So uh, in the past, you weren't able to do that. And what they've done is to encourage people to continue saving for retirement, even if they're working in their 70s or beyond, you can now make deductible IRA contributions. Let's go through a checklist real quick. Age 70 and a half is now pushed to age 72. Right. Required minimum distributions don't have to be taken out. However, if your beneficiary was a child or a grandchild, the stretch IRA provision is now taken away. That's right. And they've got to withdraw all of the growth and the taxes within 10 years. I think that this really changes some tax planning opportunities for our clients because in the past, we had this kind of window of time from the day you retire until 70 and a half, where you really had years where you can do tax gain harvesting, tax loss harvesting, Roth conversions, all these different tax strategies that we use. Uh, And now they've added two more years to that. So now you've got until age 72. And think about it. Now that the IRAs that you leave to your kids need to be withdrawn, on within 10 years, it's more important than ever to have expert financial and tax advice to say, what is your plan with these accounts that you've worked so hard to save for? Really great point. So holistic wealth management does all these things. So if your advisor is just an investment person or your advisor is just a tax person or you have an estate plan attorney, we think holistic planning brings all of this together. So you have investment planning that we talked about today. We have the retirement planning. We have tax and estate implications. All of this tells about why you need a team to do this today, Danny. Many children in Southwest Florida face an uncertain future with their health, but Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to help. Through special individuals just like you, the Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation's mission is fulfilled, fighting along with the children of this community on their journey to wellness through medical research and innovation, bringing hope and healing, especially to those children with very complex health issues. But we really need your help. You can create health and happiness in the life of a child. By creating a special gift within your life insurance, estate plan, or even your current retirement plan, Southwest Florida has a rich tradition of philanthropy for children. And now, Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to expand that legacy. For information, please call 239-263-2223. That's 239-263-2223. Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation, a tradition of giving, now in Southwest Florida. Will you be a part of something special today? Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. It's time for Ask Annex. If you've got a question for us, head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. We have a wide range of questions today, and let's get to as many as we can. In fact, we get back to everybody. So if you drop one in via AnnexWealth.com and the Ask button, we will get back to you. And some of them wind up on the radio. First one is from John. Are central bankers finally realizing that negative rates may be counterproductive? Yeah, I think they certainly are. I mean, we've seen a move in Sweden to move away from a zero interest rate policy. You know, there have been any number of studies about Japan and their experience with extremely low and negative interest rates. And generally, when you think about it, the, the reason you adopt a negative interest rate policy is to stimulate borrowing, right? To get the economy going, to cause uh, c- companies to essentially have the cash to uh, 
you know, go to CapEx, hire people and the like. And what's actually happened— So their people are getting actually paid to borrow money if it's a negative yield, correct? Yeah, they are. And But the problem is that the banks, essentially, who borrow short and lend long, have no incentive to do lend. Right. So when you have that kind of a yield curve and that those kinds of interest rates, you don't get the, the offerings that le- lead to the borrowing in the first place. So it has, has basically led to all these other— uh, inefficiencies that, frankly, I think some have realized are not positive. And we saw that in Europe where there was at $1.17 trillion in negative yields. It's down to something like 12 or 11. It has come down because it effectively is pushing on a string, which is the reason why I don't think we'll see that by our Federal Reserve. Okay, next one's from Dale. What should we make of the most recent German economic data? Um, I think what you want, want to make of it essentially is it's pretty much as bad as it can get. You know, we looked at PMIs that were in the bottom decile of historical performance. And I think on this show, any number of times we've talked about the fact that when PMIs are that negative, it's not a time to sell, it's a time to buy economically sensitive uh, equities. And so, my feeling right now over in Germany is we're starting to see some green shoots. We're starting to see a level off of expectations and the possibility that we might see a little bit better growth out of the eurozone next year than we did in the past. And ironically, that's at the same time that growth forecasts are being ratcheted down. Because remember, stocks discount the future, not the past. And by the way, you think back to the French Revolution, and when it was very, very negative, they told the, the one of the ambassadors told the young men, when there's blood in the streets is the time to buy real estate. And so it appears that it's awfully bad in Germany and it could be a time to start looking at that. Ask Annex. If you got a question for us, head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Ask button. This one's from Pam. Oh, this is good. Please settle a bet. Is Uh-oh, it, Oswald. <laughs> there's no, compliance there'll officer. be no wagering on the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too late. Is it better to have one retirement account with a larger balance or two with smaller balances? Well, given a choice, you always want an account with a larger balance. But actually, when you when you start thinking about this, there's a lot of different ups and downs to it, right? When you think about simplifying your life, one account, one statement, one place to look, all those kinds of things are really pluses, Derek. But the other part of it, and we do it sometimes when we look at households, is we'll look at you know a husband and wife, for instance, and they both have exposure to large cap in their in their Roth IRA, for instance. We might buy two different active managers to try to get diversification amongst the managers. And let me let me just jump in because the perspective may be different, and maybe their IRA is at a bank right. where there's some limitation of how much is covered. And I think that could be part of the answer as well. Well, it could be. So first of all, the curing that is getting to an independent custodian where you have the entire universe of investments that's open to you. But yeah. if you are at a bank and you're invested, isn't there a limitation on how much they're going to cover through FDIC insurance? Well, that's the other thing is FDIC insurance is only going to be on the deposits at the bank, right? So you're talking about SIPC coverage and things like that. But what you're really getting to is an independent custodian, Dave, that's going to have unlimited types of insurance for fraud and things that go like that. But going back to the idea of diversification, Derek, if you can buy, you know, in two different accounts, you buy two different large cap managers, you can diversify amongst those managers and get different exposures. You can. And also, you know, there are different share classes of funds, too, where depending upon the assets that you actually invest in that particular fund, you can get get a much lower expense ratio through institutional share classes and the like. Um, so, you know, this is kind of a an interesting question. I, I'm not really sure there's a perfect 
to answer. But, you know, when, when we tend to open a, a larger account, we typically have more positions in that, which gives us better diversification and the opportunity, for example, to diversify really well across fixed income and across equities at low cost to the client. And outside of FDIC insurance, there really isn't a, a major advantage one way or another. Got it. Next one is from Roman. With a four-year backlog of orders for Boeing, there has to be an opportunity with this stock, but when? Is it even four years? It might be longer, Well, I tell you what. I mean, the news that came out of Boeing this week, Derek, was substantial. We saw the stock trading all the way down into the 320s. Uh, That's a substantial drop from where it was. But because of not only the backlog, but the the news that is happening with the 737 MAX was big news. It was. And and frankly, we own Boeing and our equity income strategy, we we felt that they would get through this, uh, with and, and the focus was the backlog, which remains the case. I mean, that's still the ultimate story. And in fact, I just read that the president actually has spoken to the chairman of Boeing because they did announce that they're going to postpone production. And what, you real, what people are starting to realize is when Boeing does that, that affects all of their suppliers. It could have as much as a 1% hit on GDP. And obviously, the president is looking for a strong GDP. So while this thing gets tied up in the FAA, there's some economic risk to GDP forecast going into 2020. That's Ask Annex. If you got a question for us, shoot it to us. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. While you're there, click that Get Started button. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management with a simple question. Are you confident when it comes to your investment and retirement plan? If you're like many, you're not sure. 2020 is almost here, and the next year is far from certain. It's time to get on the right path and join the team committed to working as a fee-only fiduciary, a team built to help families get the most out of retirement. Visit AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, and I hope to see you soon. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. It is Sunday. It's December 29th, our final show of the year. I'm Danny Clayton. Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, is here. And also joining us, Mark Becker, Director of Wealth Management Services. Welcome to the show on 92.5 Fox News. Thank you. Great to be here. So looking back, we, we spent a little bit of time talking about the year that was, and really for all investors, not bad. Pretty no, good. It, it was a great year uh, for the equity markets in particular, particularly the domestic equity markets. And when we talk about valuations on the S&P 500, we spend a lot of times, and I know we talked about where we thought we were going to be in 2019, and it actually uh, advanced past our number in 2019. But 2020, we've done some work on it, and we think the S&P 500 earnings in aggregate, all companies together, should come around $178. That's been our our work. And if you put a reasonable multiple on that, even even a high multiple, say, for example, 20, you're at about 3,600 on the S&P 500. We closed Friday in mid 3,200. So that's about an 8% advance, 2020. But, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of uncertainties. Most important is going to be in the election. Uh, and that certainly could change policy. And if, change, if you have a change of policy, you certainly can have a change in valuations. But we talked so much, Mark, 
talk uh, about numbers uh, most of the day today. But when we talk to our clients uh, about opportunities, it's not always economically related. A lot of times it is about quality of life and, and, and the things that we talk about in these planning meetings that, of course, that you had. You often ask those questions. It's not really, you know, what do you think the S&P 500 is going to hit? That, that's not that questions that you ask. No, the questions are more, you know, um, am I on track to be able to maintain my lifestyle? And if the answer to that is yes, what do I want to do beyond that? Is it, you know, taking care of my family, grandkids, for a lot of people, some charitable intentions? And especially now where all of a sudden your investment portfolio sort of catapults you well ahead of what you were expecting your plan to look like, you start to think about how blessed you are and people turn their attention to what can I do to kind of give back and on top of that, how can I also do that in a very tax-efficient way? So we start to work our way through some of those strategies. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, the most important reason when we talk about holistic wealth management, it's not just, you know, do you own Apple in your portfolio or not? It's the estate plan and the estate tax. How is that going to come into play? What is the income tax? Should you take dividends because they're, they're taxed more efficiently than, for example, bond income? All of this goes into it. But as you talk about about the planning piece, you go, all right, for example, what is your location? Where do you want to live? And if you were in the Midwest when it was snowing and cold and now you're in southwest Florida, well, that's a pretty good decision because of the taxes that went along with the weather. But culture and activities are also part of that. I mean, you, you like to golf, you like to do some other things, and then that's, you know, this this is a great community for that. It certainly is. You know, if you want to have the chance to play golf, you know, more than six or seven months a year, you want to be able to move to a warmer climate to accomplish that. And um, certainly it's a wonderful spot for those kinds of activities. And people start to think about that in terms of, you know, how do I make sure I can afford that lifestyle in my financial plan, but set myself up so that many years down the road I never become a burden. Right, right? yeah. You know, but your health, your health is so important. You know, we talk about friendships and family and being able to see your kids and your grandkids and see your friends down uh, wherever they are. But health is part of that as well. And so lifestyle activities, you often talk about, you know, what is it that you're doing? What is your activities? And, you know, we're not trying to be psychologists or psychiatrists, right? But we're saying, how is your money going to work for you? Yeah, it's about, you know, connecting that. So it's sort of a holistic, pla- holistic planning process, you know, to help people move away from money worries and move into financial or lifestyle engagement. And that's really important. And, you know, you think about that in terms of what your daily activities are, how you support those daily activities, how you give back to your community, and then how that fits into your long-term planning. I've seen, I've seen, sorry to jump in, but I've seen plenty of meetings where it's multi-generational. I'll look in there in a conference room and it looks like you've got the grandparents and then you've got some kids and then you've got some grandkids in there as well. And I think that's really a special thing that we do at Annex Wealth Management, like you're, like you're saying. Yeah, some family meetings, um, those are really rewarding. You know, I love that when the families become engaged and they're willing to share information throughout the generations and uh, definitely makes for some, you know, very engaged long-term planning on behalf of that family, thinking about what mom and dad want, what the kids want, and what's right for the grandkids down the road. And, and then I'll see Jill Martin, who heads our estate planning team. She, she's in there. So that obviously tells me that this is a family that is looking generationally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And just, you know, how to do that financially, efficiently, tax efficiently. And so everybody so has the ability to support their needs is what's critical. 
Well, this is our final show for 2019, about ready to roll into 2020. If you'd like a fresh look at what you've got, we urge you to head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. It should make a difference. We are a Barron's Top Advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, and we think the most important thing is we are a fee-only fiduciary partner. Gentlemen, Mark Beck, our Director of Wealth Management Services, Dave Spano, our President and CEO. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We're looking forward to 2020. And to you as well. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.